This is Mental Health and You with WCPA. We're your hosts, Taylor Kennedy, Caitlin Schaefer, and Jacqueline Simplecamp. Our podcast covers mental health topics for you. From us, licensed mental health professionals. Let's get to this week's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Mental Health and You. We're so excited to have you with us today as we discuss finding calmness and control during times of chaos or anxiety. It's something that I've personally talked about with clients. And given the current pandemic, a lot of people feel like their lives are in a whirlwind and they don't know how to grasp onto or even see what they have control over. Honestly, finding calmness and feeling like I have a grip in general on my life is a struggle right now. There's so much uncertainty and unknown in the world. And at least for me, it's anxiety producing. And let me tell you, when I'm on edge or it feels like I have no control, there is no calmness or peace to be found. There's just so much going on right now with the pandemic and it's completely out of our control for me personally and for many of my clients, that's hard. I always say something that I've really struggled with is it's extremely hard for me when something is completely out of my control yet directly impacting my happiness. I think this is a really large issue for many of my clients as well. Taylor, many of my clients and myself too, I'm right there with you, have been feeling this way. I've seen a lot of my clients, especially those who have anxiety or depression, having increased struggles lately. I mean, that idea of having or not having control is definitely a reoccurring theme in my sessions lately. Definitely. And I think it's also important to note how anxiety can manifest in people in general, which is different for every you know, every single person, everyone. Some signs to look out for can include being overstimulated. So overthinking, not being able to sleep, having trouble sitting still, fidgeting a lot, things like that. Other times, anxiety may look like anger. So we might be easily agitated and have a low frustration tolerance during times of anxiety. Another common sign includes shutting down. So we might be at our wit's end, which can look like sleeping more than usual, having trouble getting motivated or out of bed. Have you guys seen anxiety affect your clients in any of these ways? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's super awesome that you noted how ultimately anxiety presents differently for different people. And it's based on who you are as an individual, you know, your environment, trauma history, what's causing you to have that anxiety and those, you know, triggers for you. But I noticed in almost all of my clients, it presents differently. Yes, of course, you know, there are those general commonalities, kind of what you mentioned, Jacqueline, those overarching themes. But when it comes down to on the individual level, how it affects them personally, it definitely varies. Some of the main themes I've noticed, however, you know, are that or is that inability to feel calmness. So whether it's racing thoughts at night, impacting the sleep or waking up multiple times throughout the night, because ultimately you're you're an anxious sleeper, right? Or in my younger ones, it, I see it present a lot in school, especially right now with how different school has been, you know, virtual school, hybrid programs, that kind of stuff. A lot of these kiddos haven't been in a classroom in a year now. So I definitely see anxiety presenting when it comes to school and the unknown or what to expect. Taylor, I totally agree. And I'm glad that you brought up that school piece because a lot of the kiddos I work in schools 
with, you know, have been the exact same. And something I notice is the trouble focusing. I think a lot of times that piece of focus sometimes can be automatically assumed that it's something like ADHD or, you know, just that typical focus diagnosis, but really a lot of times focus concerns can also be a symptom of some anxiety. Mm-hmm. So that's something I commonly encourage parents to work with their doctor with and their teacher with to really try to figure out whether that focus concern is related to maybe more anxiety or truly like an ADHD diagnosis. But also many of my clients really with anxiety, especially really thrive on knowing what's coming next. So it's important for them to feel like they have a plan and that they're in control of their life. But unfortunately, when we don't feel like we have control, we can fall into those patterns of negative thinking and hopelessness. And at times, even that increased sense of loneliness. And my clients are usually not physically alone, but those feelings and that lack of control can really make them feel lonely and just overwhelmed. I'm really glad you mentioned that, Caitlin, because I think a lot of the time feeling anxious and feeling like things are out of control go directly hand in hand. But, you know, in the same vein, anxiety and control are two different things. So um, in addition to experiencing anxiety, people are feeling like their lives are out of control in a lot of different ways. And it's interesting because I think groups of people who typically feel like they can control aspects of their life, they're even feeling like they can't. One group of people that comes to mind in particular are college students because they oftentimes get to go off to school. They're away from their parents. They're ready to make their own choices and decisions. And um, now they're sitting in their dorm rooms with all these rules that the school has put into place for safety. And it's really challenging for them to deal with. So it's true. We can't control the pandemic. We We may not be able to control our employment situation, home life, et cetera. With that being said, it's important to focus on what we can control. We need to find tangible things that we can grasp onto, no matter how small they are. Okay, but Jacqueline, I don't know, maybe it's just me personally, but this is so hard to do. Like, I really struggle with this sometimes. It's like everything's so overwhelming that it's really hard for me. And I notice in my clients as well, but in general, it can be hard to slow down enough to realize the little things that are going right. With a lot of my clients, I encourage them to explore simple joys. Have either of you guys heard of simple joys? Taylor, I think I do something very similar with my clients, but can you explain what you mean by simple joys just to make sure we're all on the same page? Yeah, absolutely. So at least at first, I think when I introduce simple joys, um, it's hard to see the point. But ultimately, what you're doing is recognizing the smallest things that go right. So for example, this might be that you woke up on time. You didn't have a bunch of traffic on the way to work. Maybe your kid didn't drop any ornaments decorating the Christmas tree. These little things that go right. And a lot of times they seem basic when I discuss them with my clients, but if you actually take the time to slow down and reflect, I think you realize a lot of good things happen or you know things go right. And they're almost taken for granted, I feel like, because we expect it. So I'll just name a couple other examples from a sheet that I actually use with my clients um, so y'all can kind of better understand what I mean. So things like petting your dog, sitting by a fire, 
Hitting green lights, sunsets, hugs, peace and quiet, the smell of fresh, warm clothes out of the dryer or coffee, right? These are things that often we're like, okay, this is how it should be, or I deserve this, right? Or it's an expectation. Um, But really, those are all positive things that have happened to you that really we just skim right over. I think that it's something really important to focus on with our clients. I really try to break things down super simply. So even if it's something basic that you have control of, um, like what you wear that day or what you eat for lunch, they kind of might seem like silly things or like you said, almost like an expectation. But when we're able to just take a step back and hold on to those things we have control of or those simple joys, it can be really helpful for our mental health during those chaotic times when we're seeking calmness. And I know I've definitely taken those things for granted before. It's so easy to focus on the stuff that's not going right when things get tough, but that's also why it's so important to challenge ourselves to find those joys and those things we do have control of throughout our day. It's true. I think sometimes we can get used to putting our blinders on in a sense and just not paying attention to those things. And um, they really add up and they're super important. There have been times before where I've worked with clients who are significantly depressed and they have a difficult time seeing those things. So I think it's really about being able to retrain your brain so that you can see that each little simple joy definitely adds up. Sometimes it takes going through each part of your day to remind yourself that, oh, I felt pretty good getting out of bed today. Maybe I did enjoy my breakfast or I got to work early today and that made me feel more prepared than usual. Mm -hmm. I think it just goes along with all the examples we've given that any person can really find something positive about their day. Love that. Yes. And I found that many times when we feel like we're out of control, it really does mean that our expectations aren't, our needs aren't being met. And the situations that we feel uncontrollable are things pushing us out of our comfort zone and causing us to just feel really uncomfortable. And I would say most people have at some point in their life felt out of control, whether it's the pandemic stuff or even just being completely overwhelmed with work or school and feeling like there's really no end in sight. Sometimes when we feel out of control, finding a way to ground ourselves can be super helpful. I feel like finding a way to ground myself almost helps me to feel more in control. And this may just be because I have a better grip on myself and my thoughts, my emotions, right, my behavior. But regardless, I think finding a way to ground yourself back to the present is a really helpful way um, to kind of control some of those anxieties and that unknown. Yes. And I think being able to ground ourselves, like you said, is so important because we can get very lost in our own heads and we need something to bring us back to physical reality. And that's when we can really get a grip on things. So a simple way to ground yourself could be focusing on any of your five senses. So what you see, what you hear, what you touch, what you taste, and what you smell. This is something you can do anywhere, even if you're laying in your bed, feeling completely overwhelmed and you feel like you can't do anything. So just think about it. What can you see? Look around the room and find one thing. What can you touch? It could be the fabric on your blankets, maybe the bottom of your shirt and so on. Finding something linked to one of your senses can really anchor you back into your mind and into your physical sense of being, I would say. 
Jacqueline, I love these ideas. Our senses are so powerful. And I also really commonly recommend finding a few moments of just peacefulness throughout the day. A lot of times when we're seeking calmness, we're nonstop, right? Like there's always, we're either physically or mentally just on the go. So taking a few minutes to purposefully sit back, spending five minutes, maybe sitting or laying on the floor while taking some slow, deep breaths. Um, It could also look like two minutes of quiet alone time in your car or just listening to some really calming music, some nature sounds, things like that, that just kind of quiet your mind and your body, allowing yourself to feel kind of grounded in that calmness that we're seeking. I personally love to go outside and sit in nature. It's so hard for me in the winter because I can't or I don't do that as much. But the beautiful thing about this too is you have full control of your grounding technique. So when we go back to like, what do you have control of? This is something you can take control of yourself and choose to incorporate in your day wherever you see most fit. I actually love that. I think that I'm with you there, Caitlin. I love being outside and grounding myself in nature. I love doing grounding techniques and calming exercises outside because I think nature and the environment adds a whole extra level of grounding. But what you can control ultimately can be summed up into one word, yourself. That's it. As frustrating as it sometimes can be, um, you can't control those around you. You can't always control your environment. And at the end of the day, the only thing that is truly in your control is you. Your feelings, your words, your behaviors, your thoughts, your body language. And sometimes realizing you have that control in the moment can be very challenging, which is why grounding can be extremely helpful. Um, But I have a good question that this brings up. So when we're out of control, right? So we've talked about how important it can be um, for many of us as human beings to feel in control. Um, But when we're out of control, how do you gain it? Like, what ideas do you guys have? Like, what what do you do when you need to regain control in your lives? I think we've definitely acknowledged that feeling out of control can be paralyzing in some ways because if we're feeling like that, it's almost like what can we do when we can get caught up in that, you know, way of thinking. So um, sometimes I think it helps to focus on small things we can do, whether it's controlling our breath by breathing deeply into our stomachs and kind of the way that Caitlin was talking earlier about breathing or even setting a goal for that day that we know is achievable, something very small and easy. I've heard people even say something like, I'm going to put my shoes on, like something very small and tangible. It's important to be honest with ourselves and realistically look at what we can do in our current state and situation. And once you can do those little things that can build up into so much more, and then you can really feel like you have a handle on a lot going on. I also believe another important aspect of this is connecting with your support systems. So sometimes when we feel out of control, it can be incredibly helpful to talk to a trusted friend, a family member, or even your therapist. Your support system can validate your feelings and remind you that you're not alone. And asking for support when we're out of control can be really hard because we feel like maybe we should be able to manage it. But it's also really important to take that step get that support because it can hold us accountable a bit and help us gain that control back. I love that. I think our support systems can make a world of difference too. 
it's important to take our control back where we can because it can make us feel like we have some agency and say in the situation. I think our brains tend to focus on what we don't have control over. And honestly, that makes things feel worse. If you're feeling overwhelmed, take a minute to slow down and remind yourself that you get to decide what you have a say in. Taylor mentioned this earlier, you know, how no matter what the situation is, we can control various aspects of ourselves. Like you can control you. Mindset is the biggest one, in my opinion. No matter what, we can choose to learn how to think about things differently. Absolutely. I literally feel like I always tell my clients and have to constantly remind myself there is power in positivity. That positive mindset, like taking negatives, turning them to positives, challenging those negative thoughts, being optimistic. There's so much power in that in your day-to-day routine, but also just how you look at life in the world. But in general, a lot of people struggle with not feeling in control of themselves, their environments, or what's coming next. It just sets off so much panic, like literal panic in our bodies and our nervous systems. Um, And so sometimes we have these automated stress responses, right, that then get our whole body going um, and our nervous system. And then you're definitely having trouble finding that control and bringing yourself back down to, you know, a grounded space where you can use critical thinking skills. Taylor, that makes me think of the fight, flight, freeze response. I use this a lot of times with my kiddos in schools and even some adults. But I think about how the kiddos I work with and how they react when they feel out of control. And a lot of times they're not verbalizing what's going on in their mind, but they react or they respond to their behaviors in a way that might be considered like quote unquote bad behavior. For example, like running away, hitting, kicking, or completely shutting down. I'll have parents say like, oh, they won't tell me what's wrong. But really that's their way of trying to navigate all those uncomfortable and oftentimes really scary feelings of being out of control. It's true. When we get caught up in panic like that, it literally sets off our nervous system. So it's important to take care of ourselves and take preventive preventative measures so that times of panic are decreased. Another extremely important but sometimes forgotten tip for finding control and calm in times of chaos or anxiety is self-care. We seriously cannot be our best selves for others or for ourselves if we don't take care of ourselves first. This is so, so, so important. And sometimes I stress to my clients almost every session the importance of self-care. Like I check in with them on what's our self-care looking like. And I challenge myself as well to pour into my self-care sometimes. So what are some of y'all's ways that you stay on top of self-care? Well, self-care is one of those things that people definitely seem to put on the back burner when things get stressful. So it's really important to make it a priority, especially during the stressful times. So I like to use the idea of a self-care wheel when working on self-care with my clients. So I think of it like pie pieces, right? So the wheel contains six parts. So it's physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, social, and professional self-care. We could do a whole session on self-care, I believe, all by guess. But to put it simply, when you're thinking about self-care, make sure that you're focusing on your basic needs first. So sleep, nutritious foods, getting movement in throughout your day. And I just like to note there, sometimes I like to say movement instead of exercise, because sometimes I think exercise can feel so like, wait, I, I don't have time to exercise, but just getting movement in. Um, and obviously hygiene, taking care of your hygiene is really important. So 
taking time for those grounding techniques we mentioned earlier too, using meditation, a guided journal. These are things that I've noticed a lot of my clients doing lately too. And another aspect of self-care is getting support. As Americans, especially, we're taught to be independent and self-sufficient and that we don't need help from anyone. The reality, though, is that no one can do it all alone. We all need help sometimes, and that should be normalized. So get support, reach out to friends, family professionals, whoever can contribute to and support changes you're trying to make, definitely reach out to them. I love this topic, and I definitely agree. It's something that we could talk about for so many episodes. I don't even... Just mean that because we're therapists and of course we could talk about mental health, but (laughs) I love talking about ways to improve quality of life. And I think it's such a relevant topic for so many people right now. I agree. I think we all really can just benefit from some good conversations about keeping our mind and body healthy. It's just a really good reminder lately. I know. I'm glad that we could spend some time talking about it for sure. Okay. So y'all. Next week is another Ask the Therapist episode, and I really loved the last one we did. And I think these might have to be done more often because we've been getting so many good topics and ideas. We really have. I feel like we have so many topics and I've had so many people reach out. It really does make it hard to choose. So seriously, thank you to everyone who's been active on our Instagram and reach or reach out through email. Okay. Are we ready to announce the topic? I feel like, I don't know, we almost need like a drumroll or something. I'm so excited. Okay, our topic for our next Ask the Therapist is what to expect when you're going to therapy. We're so excited for this topic. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed hearing about our thoughts on finding control and calm in times of chaos or anxiety. As always, reach out and let us know your thoughts on this week's episode. Email us at podcastwcpa at gmail.com or message us on Instagram. Yes, please do. We want to hear from you. Bye, guys. Have a great week.